Welcome to Around the Table, a new source for Christ-centered teaching and conversations from an apostolic Christian perspective. We are blessed to be part of an interconnected international church family. But is it possible for those ties that bind to unintentionally tie our hands? In this episode, several elder brothers will discuss the pros and cons of denomination versus congregationalism. I'm just so thankful to be part of a local congregation that is tied to a national church denomination. In this case, it's the Apostolic Christian Church of America. There is a concern, though, that we're moving toward congregationalism, where the local churches are progressing toward an independence that would reflect their own preferences. Our talk today will focus on the value of our national denomination and the specific uniqueness that we can have as local congregations. My name is Ken Heimer, and I get the privilege to be the elder for the Taylor and the St. Louis, Missouri churches. I'm Mark Barr, and I'm blessed to serve the Detroit and Tokyo, Shiota, and Kitchener churches. And I'm Jeff Grimm, and I serve the Goodfield Congregation. As we explore this topic, we're going to discuss what happens when the national denomination or the local churches are either overemphasized or underemphasized. Mark, it's always best to go to the Word. So can you share with us what does the Word tell us about this subject and what are some of the biblical principles that apply? Certainly, this topic was surely a valid topic in the days of the early church and and today. There's two particular areas I believe we can start in terms of a scriptural foundation and then look at a few examples. The last verse in 2 Peter 3 speaks to the principle of continued learning. It actually reads, Grow in grace in the knowledge of Jesus, who is our chief shepherd and indeed knows how to shepherd his church. But the principle of continued learning. And then the next area that has numerous scriptures from Acts 20 to 1 Peter 5, etc., where we're charged to feed and lead as Christ-like shepherds. And then, of course, the question is how best for each individual and for each church. And we trust the Holy Spirit to strengthen a, a God-honoring, a complementary relationship between denomination and congregations. And when both are working well together, they're helping each increasingly align with the Word. And when that's working well, the church is being fed and led in the biblical pattern of, of Christ. A few examples that are very helpful, and there would be many. The epistles themselves flow so beautifully through much of the New Testament. And they're filled with specific exhortations that actually reveal a keen understanding of each church culture and each church. And they provide a, a truth and counsel that's timeless for our Christian walk and for godliness. I love the, the next reference, which would be from Christ himself in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. They speak specific exhortations, and I believe they reveal a keen understanding from the shepherd of each church in their culture, and they provide truth and counsel that continues 
as we said before, but particularly you think about when Jesus said in John 10, I'm the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I'm known of mine. That's beautiful. And I think it emphasizes again the need for specific teaching and the shepherd knowing the church. So as a whole, we're working together. This section, I'll just give quick thoughts to two chapters in Acts, which are so helpful in many ways. Acts 15 and Acts 11 demonstrate a close relationship between the Jerusalem Council and local churches. Speaking to the, a key doctrinal question and speaking to how to spread the gospel and dis disciple believers. So we look at Acts 15 just quickly, present with that big question, doctrinal question, was a mutual respect and trust, definitely a humility that allowed them to reason and counsel together, and all of that based on what does the Word say, but also with that attending Holy Spirit, which enabled a decision to come forth that showed certainly the shepherd's heart for individuals and for churches and for truth. And what I think is so beautiful in Acts 15 relative to this topic is when this council was sent via letters to numerous churches, including Antioch, it resulted, according to the scripture, it resulted in biblical clarity. The believers were strengthened in faith and they were bound together in peace and joy. And that is truly beautiful. We look quickly at Acts 11. Barnabas is sent to Antioch to actually observe the new Greek believers and their church, their new community. Then Barnabas and Paul go back to Antioch, spend a whole year learning the culture, teaching and discipling. So as we look at these together as a whole, the Bible surely provides examples of the role and value of both congregational uniqueness and denominational global ties. Each of us could have ways of defining that global tie, but just for succinctness, to think of those global ties in the context of biblical truth and accountability, a mutual understanding, a mutual love and faith. So that's a starting point for us to frame this in Scripture, Brother Kent. Thanks, Mark. Jeff, can you share some additional thoughts about what the Word says about this topic? Yeah, I just really appreciate Brother Mark's comments. And the only thing I would just like to emphasize, and, and he touched on this already, is how Christ just cared for the church in a very intimate way. And as we worship Him, as we serve one another, uh, His example can be the catalyst for us going forward and and to work together um, as we have many times in the past. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff, you'll be a, a really a good one to lead off answering and talking about this next thought. And the thought that I'd like to share is, um, would you share with our listeners some of the key elements and blessings that being tied to a denomination bring to the local congregations? Yeah, I sure would, Brother Kent. Um, so just a few different points. Uh, first one is some of our national or um, global outreaches and so forth, like Harvest Call, um, Gateway Woods, 
ACCFS and LifePoint, these missions would not be possible without the global church and the support and the love and the talents from around the globe. And so it's so critical. Another point would be just having a multitude of counselors. I think of the elder body and minister team and and really all our brothers and sisters across the land um, where we can, where our iron can sharpen iron in many ways. I think especially personally, I've really appreciated the help in doctrinal integrity as I think of across the land and the different helps through the elder body that I have received. It's been invaluable to me and to our church family. There's uh, counseling and discipleship on a scale that couldn't be possible otherwise, along with teaching, mentoring, and and many training resources that are available. You know, mentoring is a little bit of a new word in the last 10 years, but really it's been going on for centuries. And I and in my youth, the, the mentoring that I've received from across the land is really amazing. And frankly, when I think of on the relationship side, the interpersonal side of things, my heart wells up when I think of the opportunities that we've had and continue to have. And just a few, um, mention a few areas of strength over the years. I think of, I wasn't involved in them, but we were definitely impacted by it. Our age group was uh, Fort Sam reunions. I think of the work teams, um, the winter work teams, and just uh, globally, the different outreaches that we've been involved with and been able to work together on. Faith marriages, um, look at the many, many blessings that have resulted from that. Young group activities, you know, lifetime friendships and and uh, just just some unbelievable situations that we've had over the years, be thankful for. Another area would be sharing our pulpits, variety of ministers, and even a common feel of services that just makes you feel comfortable when you go from church to church and you pretty much know what you, you know what you're going to expect. Um, locally in Illinois, and I know across the land, there's different groups of what we call ACYF, that's Apostolic Christian Youth Fellowship. So just many, many strong relationships have developed out of out of all these things. And I, I just frankly, personally can't imagine life without it that way. Thanks for your thoughts around this question. And I, I, I know it's personal, but I really appreciate you mentioning Harvest Call. As chairman of that organization, our Harvest Call purpose statement is this, to proclaim Christ and serve others beyond the capacity of the local church. And since Harvest Call is under the umbrella of the national church, it it just gives our brethren so many opportunities that we could not offer locally as individual churches. One of them is our winter work project where every year uh, around 500 friends and brethren just get the opportunity to rebuild people's lives and their homes. Just locally here at our Taylor Church, brothers, I don't know where we would be without the blessing of the National Church family. We have been so blessed uh, when we needed help in our many flood fights. It just seems like yesterday in 1993 and 2008, I do not know what we would have done if it wouldn't have been for 
the national church family. They have often prayed for us as they did this past year. And, and in those years, they came together with us and they labored side by side with us through these very difficult times. So, wow, our appreciation is great for our church family that we have. Brothers, the next question that we'd kind of like to discuss today, and I'd sure appreciate your thoughts, but what are some examples of when it's appropriate and necessary for a local church sometimes to pursue practices and programs that might be unique to their local congregation? And it's always safe when we go to the Word, when we consider a question like this and I'd like to share with us 1 Corinthians 12, 5, where it says, Now there are differences of ministration, but the same Lord. I'm so thankful for the flexibility that that biblical principle gives to us as we, each one of us here today, as we shepherd the local churches. As I think of some of these unique and differences one of the things that comes to my heart is how we administer our Sunday schools. I know out in Ohio, I know a church or two out there that has adult Sunday school. And some of our churches only have Sunday school for our children and our young adults. I know it's unique to Taylor and some of the other churches that we get the opportunity on Sunday morning to go downstairs to Sunday school and sing with our children and pray with them before we go upstairs to have our morning worship service. In St. Louis, we've found it better down there to have Sunday school for the children in the afternoon instead of the morning. It just seems to work better for that local church. So I appreciate the flexibility that we have locally as we work with our youth and with our Sunday schools. You know, this local uniqueness allows for opportunities for our urban churches that might be different from our rural churches. In St. Louis, maybe somewhat like some of the other urban settings, our membership is just so spread out that we have found it beneficial there on Wednesday evening that once a month we have a worship service, but the other Wednesday evenings, we found it so good that the brethren gather together in the believers' homes to have Bible studies. When I think of uniqueness and differences, I go to VBSs. Some of our churches, um, it's okay. Some of our churches have VBS for our youth and some do not. Some of them find it beneficial to have VBS during the day, and some have it in the evening. It's been really, really helpful to some of our smaller churches to have the help of Harvest Call, where they send in young, uh, some of our young people to help with the VBSs. And what a blessing just recently in St. Louis is I think we had eight young brothers and sisters that came there to help with that VBS. Some of the uniqueness is also for the jail and the prison ministries. Each 
local church gets to decide if they want to participate in a ministry such as this. And for those that choose to do so, what a wonderful blessing, brothers, that's been to be able to share the gospel in this way. My last thought, and then I'll wait on one of you, but it seems like some of our churches like West Lafayette and Champaign and Bloomington, where major universities are located, that because of that uniqueness that the local church needs to provide opportunities for our young people who move there to attend college. And it's exciting that with these churches, there are such events like College Weekends and Ignite, which give our young people the opportunity, I think as Mark referenced earlier that beautiful verse in Second Peter. It offers our young people the opportunity to grow in the grace, in the knowledge of Jesus. Mark, we're going to give you opportunity to share some thoughts that maybe you have on this subject. Really appreciate you laying the groundwork on this part of this topic, Brother Kent. And your specific examples actually have a broad application. Thank you. I think in the, just to affirm that, recognizing there are times when flexibility for exceptions from what would be more common practice are, as you said, they're necessary and they're right. And particularly if we go back to the pattern of Christ-like shepherding, Jesus the perfect, they're necessary and right for a shepherd's caring of individual or a particular situation in a local church. And I think one of the wonderful things on this portion of the topic is all of us have learned to know grace and the Holy Spirit intuitively have flexibility in them to mold each of us toward the likeness of Christ. And when that's working well within the national, international, the denominational, local congregation relationship with mutual understanding and respect, it builds healthy faith. It builds healthy Christian walk. Brothers, there's just some major risk and possibly potential weaknesses that can exist if either, listen close now, either the national denomination or the local congregations are over or underemphasized. Mark, it's not good if either of these go their own way without, without any regard to the other. Please share a thought or two that you might have on this topic. Sure. And I know you and Jeff will have very valuable perspective on this also. Just two in initial thoughts that come to mind. In our earnest desire for denominational unity, there can be a tendency for us to default towards a uniformity with the idea that uniformity can seemingly be more readily measured instead of a true biblical unity as described in the Word. So for us to be 
sensitive to that and to continue learning and ha- trusting the Holy Spirit to guide us through that, I think can be important for us. A second brief comment would be relative to sometimes at the denominational level and speaking each of us as elders within the elder body, sometimes at the denominational level making decisions that either need alignment with the word or they just simply need clarity for the congregations, the brotherhood and large can be slower than we would like them to be. So that's an area of growth potential that we need to stay sensitive to. Thank you, Mark. Sure. Appreciate that. Jeff, you are located right in the center of a large number of apostolic Christian church. We call it the highway 24 corridor. I'm sure you have seen firsthand what happens if either the national church or the local church is overemphasized or underemphasized. Yes, Brother Kent. Um, just a couple thoughts that I had when the when the global church is overemphasized, and maybe this is a personal thing for me, but we can tend to get complacent, possibly, and comfortable and possibly lose some of our zeal to spread the gospel. I think sometimes if it's underemphasized and congregationalism is overemphasized, we wouldn't be able to serve others like we can and operate missions like we do today. So just that uh, beautiful balance that that uh, we really want to try to strike is is critical to our future. Thank you so much, brothers, for your thoughts. Brothers, it's it's just really on my heart if if we ever get to the point where we overemphasize congregationalism, I, I think we're going to lose so much. Uh, we'll lose the fellowship that's so special between the churches. We could lose the ability to come together to do missions like we're so blessed with now as we do that together. There might even come a time if we went to congregationalism that we would not be able to share the pulpits and counsel together like has been mentioned previously today. I just think we'd lose so much, but also, brothers, we never want to overemphasize the national church. If we do that, uh, we could get to the point where we would not allow the flexibility that I think as shepherds that that we have learned that we need to administer our local churches. We we just so much appreciate that flexibility that we've been given to do that. So in closing today, for those that have joined us and have listened, thank you so much for your interest in this topic that that we have discussed. And we're glad to communicate that there will be more information on this topic that will be provided in the future. On behalf of Mark and Jeff and myself, we want you to know of our love and care for you. And may God be with us until we meet again. Thanks for listening. And if you have comments on Around the Table, or ideas for future episodes, let us know. In AC Central, go to the Settings menu, select User Feedback, and when the web page opens, click the Feedback on Around the Table link. Around the Table is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church of America.